Hello, I'm Kenny Smith, and this is The Best Story I've Heard Today, a podcast for news junkies. We know you can't possibly see all of the great content being produced, so we're bringing you a story that you might have otherwise overlooked. Our guests each day tell us about the best story they found, and today we're pleased to welcome Chris Arnold, who is the Associate Professor and Program Chair of Industrial Design at Auburn University. Chris, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Well, thank you, Kenny. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us about the story you found, sir, and tell us why we should read it as well. All right, this is what I have is an article from Nature Magazine, actually, from July 20th of 2016, which, yes, was quite a while ago, but I uncovered this one in some other work I was doing. And this article is titled, The Bicycle Problem That Nearly Broke Mathematics. And uh, really, this one is about... Uh, it's, it's kind of this interesting personal story mingled with the magic of mathematics and physics about how um, a researcher who had just been involved and interested in bicycles started trying to figure out why bicycles work. And, uh, and that deep bicycle obsession took him a little bit further than, uh, than it probably should have. But uh, there was struggle involved with that and trying to break down what was really a century-old debate in the way that bicycles actually stayed upright. Well, there's two interesting things to me about this here, and, and you mentioned one of them. This is a century or plus now old uh, debate, or really a century plus old mystery in a sense. So that's one of those things. But two, within that context, the bicycle has had a few forms, but over the bulk of its history, it is, uh, from your perspective as a designer, it's really unique in that it has stayed very similar and true to this uh, design with which we are all familiar with. That's been pretty much the the style for a long long time in the history of bicycle now yeah exactly and that's i think there's a quote actually in the article that they said everybody knows how to ride a bike but nobody knows how a, a, you know, how we ride bikes and i think that uh, there's an analogy in that to so much of what we do where we just go forward with the way things have always been done without any real clue as to why we do that or you know, the real meaning behind it and in the sense of bicycles being this craft tradition of one person building something, and then now we have this huge industry, a multi-billion dollar cycling industry now that's built on the same idea that was in, you know, really patented more than 100 years ago now. But, um, you know, where is the innovation in bicycles? And it's not just about components and materials, but fundamentally, if you're going to change the shape and the form and how these things work, then you really do need to understand what it is that keeps them moving. So what is the innovation here to start with? Because, again, it's been almost a fixed style for a while. But really, if we think about even since bicycling began as a, as a sport, as a means of conveyance, people have been getting around pretty quickly in the, in the current iteration of bicycles. And we've been building bicycles for a long time and enjoying bicycles for a long time without understanding exactly how they work. Yeah, and that's and even the physics behind it. There's been a couple iterations of this, and you know, with decades in between, and then someone comes along, and uh, there's several instances of this in the article where they describe how really one person would come up and blow everything else out of the water that was understood before that. The, most of us think that the the gyroscopic effect of the wheel actually holds the bicycle up, when in fact they've proven through research and demonstration that that has almost nothing to do with it. So. The way it challenges our fundamental you know, suppositions for the way the thing mechanically works is a big deal. And I think as they move forward, some of the things they're pushing towards are those ideas of autonomous vehicles and how a bicycle could sort of steer itself. And understanding the physics behind that becomes a really important part of that. And if the models aren't correct, they certainly can't design for it. Does one of these begin to inform the other in that example, then? I think certainly. And I think uh, in many cases, 
in the descriptions of this and in my own experience in the design industry as well as in education is that you just have to try some things and see what happens. And in, in most cultural you know, experiences, it's very difficult to do that, whether it's social change or whether it's a professional practice that you're dealing with. Um, it's those first people who actually have the most trouble getting outside of that box. And uh, there was a quote from Howard Aiken, a computing pioneer that worked for IBM, who said, don't worry about stealing other people's ideas, you know, if it's original, or other people stealing your ideas, if it's original, you'll have to shove it down their throats. And in many cases, I think uh, this story is one where an individual has been working for decades to get the right answer for the way that the uh, physics of a bicycle works. And in fact, he's, he's been met with uh, some pretty difficult circumstances along the way. It's a really well and beautifully told story in, in trying to create that arc. It's not just a matter-of-fact thing. The story goes along with it. I mean, it pulls you into this story, into this process, into his journey. So tell us then, uh, for a layperson who's not a physicist or a designer perhaps, what are the, some of the things that the, this guy has uncovered along his path? You know, I think, uh, you know, for me, the things that stand out, I guess in addition to that story where his tenacity to really pursue this, he's led this search route through experience and he's made connections with people uh, that have brought him back into the work he's done in the past but um, one thing he does say and this sort of on the side of your question is that until it gets out there and until somebody knows about it it doesn't your work doesn't mean anything and I think we're sometimes too afraid to actually make that step forward he's done the mathematics he's figured out things that other people have come back to him and actually sort of stood at the feet of the master even though it's been in obscurity for 20 years and uh, there are people now moving forward with his efforts in, uh, in essential fly-by-wire um, how can we have machines controlling these devices um, how can we make things more stable um, you know, he's done the mathematics and in fact no one really cared at the time and it's just now coming around I know both your perspective as a designer as a scholar uh, as a person who is taking a deep dive into this story from a different perspective than I would just as a regular person. But I know you and I both ride bikes. When you read a story like this, does it give you pause before you throw your foot back over the thing? Hey, we don't really have the, the engineering perspective of this. It just kind of works. Does that change anything for you as a rider? Yeah, I, you know, it was funny. I think that was the first realization I had was that uh, this is really different than I thought. But uh, you know, it leans on that idea of intuition. And sometimes we can do things that we can't quite describe. And uh, the, the acceptance of that sometimes is really difficult, especially in a, in a technological age in which we live in. That ability to just do something but not be able to explain it away is, uh, is something that we maybe need to get a little more used to. And uh, in this case, you know, the, uh, the long story of this being that uh, here's someone who still has not met with success, even though they've been able to, uh, to advance this idea and, and develop some some answers to some of those questions. Um, we still rely on intuition in the way that we do things. Is that intuition or is that just processing the feedback that the bike and my body and my senses are giving me when I'm actually on the thing at a, at a low brain level that I, I know to weave this way, to balance this way, and, and all the various uh, mechanical and biomechanical things I have to do? Yeah, and I guess you know, that sort of gets to the heart of uh, what intuition would be. And I guess it, in my mind, it's one of those things that uh, it's a learned experience over time. And, uh, and certainly we always sort of say that uh, once you learn how to ride a bicycle, you never quite forget. So that initial process of, of learning to ride a bicycle can be quite difficult and, and sometimes quite painful. But at the same time, you know, being able to step forward and, and 
take that experience and transfer it somewhere else. If, if you've ridden one bicycle, you're not an expert on that one bicycle, but you can, say, move to a, a different size or a, a different format, whether it's a, a road bicycle or something for a mountain bike. You know, those, those have very different characteristics in the way that they ride and respond. Uh, but, in fact, the same sort of intuitive notion of what needs to happen and that you turn sort of right to go right or left to go left, and if you shift your weight, it changes the, the balance point. Um, those things carry over, but uh, each one requires a little bit of adaptation as you go forward, and maybe that's some of what I describe in the, in the idea of intuition that I'm leading with. Would I be right or wrong in saying that this is an almost unique technology in that sense, that I just know how to do it because I've learned how to do it? Or is there another thing out there that is a completely, I suppose, transferable skill, is the way it sounds like you're describing this, that once I've learned it, I'm good? Or am I wrong in thinking that and it's really once i've learned it i can take some of that and adapt it to this technology or this other skill set that i'm going to need that's not riding a bike some other technology yeah and i think you know context is maybe the big difference if you learn a process a series of steps to do something um, it's it's pretty easy to repeat that over and over again now if the context changes that maybe gets a little bit more challenging we have to figure out how to how to adapt to whether say on a bicycle if there's a wet road um, do I change my riding style? Am I less aggressive? Do I turn slightly differently? Do I shift my weight and um, you know, put a little more weight further back or further forward, however I may adapt to that situation? I think that, uh, that may require that we, we alter and adapt and move forward with that. And then in the transferability of that, um, I can imagine that that at least informs me a bit how maybe I might change the way I drive an automobile. In, in wet weather or on a loose surface or something like that. So there's, I would say certainly the bicycle, you're more intimately aware of the, uh, the circumstances because you're exposed to it, but that uh, maybe that does inform us a bit about our relationship to something that's uh, driven by wheels or, or some other uh, sort of similar situation that it might be. Okay, finally, I want to put you on the spot, and I want to put you in the place of those early pioneers of bicycle design. The ones that really, I know there were a lot of experiments, but the ones that got it right, that really built the forefathers, if you will, of the bikes that we see today. Were they just incredibly lucky or incredibly skilled or both in terms of building something without understanding really what they were doing in the sense of how it was going to handle, operate, and we could manipulate it? Yeah, that's a really good question. That is on the spot. I think ultimately uh, there was enough skill there that they had seen something. There were, like you say, enough experiments before that they knew certain things would work in certain ways. Um, and when they mixed it up a little bit differently, and as a designer, a lot of what I do is understand the relationships between certain circumstances. But um, being able to see and identify those things that you think might work and then executing those often become a huge portion of what we're trying to do. Uh, so I think for these people, you know, 100 years ago with the Velocipede, uh, they didn't have all the components figured out. They weren't necessarily pedaling the bicycle, but they were straddling it, moving with their feet. They figured out the steering thing first. And then as steps went forward, the next group and the next group advanced that slowly. There's a mid-century designer named George Nelson who really highlighted the idea that most designs historically have been handed down sort of from one craftsman to another, and that each has evolved that and changed it in a way that suited the context in the current time. I think today we, we lose track of that a bit. We think we have the answers and we can make things instantly. And, uh, and maybe we lose a little bit of the idea that experience informs us as we move forward. 
And curiously enough, as technology goes, the bicycle in many parts of the country, many parts of the world, is coming back around as a prime mode of transportation. It's a very interesting concept altogether. A very interesting conversation we've been having, and the article is terrific as well. You can find it on scientificamerican.com. It's titled, The Bicycle Problem That Nearly Broke Mathematics. We've got links to that and to Chris Arnold uh, below the audio player. Chris, thanks again for taking the time to join us today. Thank you, Kenny. This is the best story I've heard today. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll share it with others. Thanks for listening. We look forward to sharing stories with you again very soon. I'm Kenny Smith. Hey, thanks again for listening to the best story I've heard today. And here's a bit more news for you. You can hear this show on our host site, podbean.com. But the best story I've heard today is also syndicated now on sites like Stitcher and Google Play. Just go to those sites and search the best story I've heard today. You can find us on podbean.com, on Stitcher, and on Google Play. The best story I've heard today.